Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. That means we truly depend on you in order to bring this resource to you. If you don't already support us financially, you could do so. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. You'll see our three friendly yellow buttons there. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Click on one of them and fill that out. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. Oh, the lunacy that's out there from the false teachers who exploit you with false words. Yeah, that's a biblical category, by the way. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Rosebro. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible and compare, compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Sadly, there is no shortage, and I mean that. It's 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 absolutely dumbfounding when you consider it. There is no shortage of crazy, and I mean just insane things that are being said about God that don't even square with God's Word at all. So what we do is we take the time to open up God's Word, and we compare and we contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolates— and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God. <clears throat> yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of teaching, that's doctrine that is put forward for consumption by the average evangelicals, far from biblical, far from what God's Word says at all. And there are a lot of people who are being truly manipulated, deceived, and exploited by these false teachers. Case in point, today we're going to be heading over to uh, Shiloh uh, Christian Fellowship. This is Patricia King's online church. Yeah, you have to kind of say that with air quotes. And uh, we're going to be listening to Joshua Mills uh, talking about activating angels. And uh, in, yeah, in all I can say is it's just going to be a hot mess, and uh, we'll throw in some scripture along the way uh, to, you know, as as the occasion about permits. You know, I get the feeling I'm going to end up like all over the place biblically, but uh, we're, we'll throw in some scripture, but also a very firm warning from the biblical text themselves uh, related to false teachers, especially the words found in Second Peter. That'll all be woven into today's program. So make yourself comfortable. We've got a lot of ground we need to cover, and we're going to throw this under the general category we call the prophetic 
Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate. And so let's do this. Down at an English fair, one evening I was there. When I heard a showman shouting underneath the flare, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. There they are, standing in a row. Big one, small one, some as big as your head. Give them a twist, a flick of the wrist, that's what the showman said. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Every ball you throw will make me rich. There stands me wife. The idol of me life, singing roll a bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Singing roll a bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Singing roll a bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Roll a bowl a ball, roll a bowl a ball, singing roll a bowl a ball, a penny a pitch. Now I've been doing uh, your public discernment work. Uh, either through a blog, a, a podcast, or my YouTube channel now for, yeah, better than 15 years. Uh, you know, the, the Fighting for the Faith podcast itself is 11 years old, 11 and a half. But uh, you, you get the idea. And uh, and so I know where some of the bodies are buried when it comes to some of the worst charlatans out there because I've been covering them for so long and warning people about their shenanigans for no, so long that I, I I know what to show you in order to kind of prove the point. Now, the, the, the issue that we're going to be engaging in here today is we're going to be talking about what is it that makes a doctrine or a teaching, which, by the way, doctrine and teaching are synonyms. What is it that makes a teaching biblical? What is it that makes a teaching biblical? Um, I, I'll posit this concept to you. If it's not in the Bible, it's it's not a biblical doctrine. I know that sounds crazy. But uh, the charlatans in the charismatic movement in the NAR, like Patricia King and uh, Joshua Mills, they're quite gifted at spinning yarns, telling stories, and filling your heads with all kinds of nonsense. And what they're doing is they're exploiting you with these ideas, and they're teaching you doctrines that are not found in Scripture. Case in point, we're going to be heading over to, in fact, let me do this real quick, switch this up. We're going to be heading over to uh, the YouTube channel for Patricia King, and she recently had Joshua Mills uh, preaching at her Shiloh Christian Fellowship, which is her online church. And he. And this is all about seeing angels, seeing angels. Well, I'll let him explain what it is we need to do in order to see angels. Have you seen an angel? Yeah, I can't say I have. Uh, but it, you know, if you haven't seen an angel, you've got to, you know, you got to activate it so that you you got to activate, you do an activation thingy so that you can see angels and stuff. And luckily, oh, thank thank the Lord, you know, that uh, Joshua Mills has written this down in a book with the foreword written by none other than Patricia King. So what we're going to do is we're going to work with this kind of uh, idea here. And this is a Latin phrase. If you're familiar with my teaching for any length of time, you've seen this from time to time. And, and here's the Latin phrase, quad non est biblicum, non est theologicum. If it's not in the Bible, it's not theology. It's just not. And uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit of work in the uh, biblical text, looking at texts that warn us about people like Joshua Mills and Patricia King. And just for giggles 
uh, I'll remind you of the kind of nonsense and shenanigans that uh, Joshua Mills has engaged in in the past, as well as Patricia King, to give you uh, an idea of the the quality of character that we're dealing with when we deal with Joshua Mills or Patricia King. So here is Joshua Mills, and he's going to be explaining to us all about seeing angels, all kinds of different angels too, you know. Yeah, let him explain. Here we go. Hallelujah. God has angels of abundant provision. God has angels of healing. God has angels of abundant provision. Where in the Bible does it talk about angels of abundant provision? Yeah, I'm not familiar with that text. That are available. Do you realize that God has healing angels? We read about some healing angels at the pool of Bethesda. Remember the Bible says that an angel would step in, begin to stir the waters. And those that begin to move into those waters were supernaturally made well. They were healed. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a problem that has to do with the, the healing of the pool of Bethesda. And that was, it's an actual pagan temple. I, I actually covered this in a sermon that I preached where we talk about this exact thing and, and let you know exactly what type of, of pagan temple that that was at the pool of Bethesda. And we'll put a link to it down below. I preach this. I'm a pastor. So I preach this at Kongsvinger Lutheran church in Oslo, Minnesota, don't you know? And, uh, and so I, rather than go on all the details here, I'll give you a homework assignment. Listen to my sermon on this text and, uh, and you'll understand what's going on there. But yeah, so, but nothing about angels of abundant provision talked about in scripture, but we continue. So we know that God has angels of healing, that there's many different angels that God has. But whenever we talk about angels, we must remember something first. Now, listen, the the book title is called Seeing Angels. And I want you to get a copy of the book. Yeah, Seeing Angels. Yeah, you got You got to get his book. So note here, in order for you to be able to see angels, you don't just open up your Bible and learn about, you know, what does the Bible teach about how you can see angels too? No, uh, you've got to buy Joshua Mills's book because unless you read his book, then you won't actually know how to see angels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, I'll kind of point out our theme today. Quad non est biblicum, non est theologicum. If it's not in the Bible, it's not theology. And I would note that, um, He's not going to help us to rightly understand the biblical text. Like I said, he's going to he's going to invent theology, invent doctrines that are not found in the Bible, find insights that cannot be substantiated with any clear biblical text, and and, and all of this is to tell you that you can see angels too. But you gotta buy his book. Hmm. All right. Well, let's keep going with this. And the topic of this. This uh, two nights of revival is also seeing angels. It's the topic. It's the theme. So the topic of a revival there at Shiloh, uh, where Patricia King is the vision casting leader, uh, leader tricks. <clears throat> She's not a pastor. Uh, it is all about seeing angels. Hmm. Okay. But I want to encourage you that the focus is Jesus. Oh, right. It's all about seeing angels, but our focus is going to be on Jesus. Right. Yeah. The focus of us being together, our worship, our devotion, our prayers, our anticipation, it's all about Jesus. 
yeah, that would require you to actually preach accurately about Jesus, call people to repent of their sins, proclaim what the gospel is, that Christ died for our sins, rose again on the third day bodily from the grave, you know, things like that. Matthew says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now that means we get our eyes fixed on Jesus. Well, get to fixing them. He's not going to do that. This is just lip service to fixing our eyes on Jesus because he ain't going to fix our eyes on Jesus. He's going to fix them on himself and his uh, amazing angel testimonies. Uh huh. We seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. But then it says, and we can't forget this part, then all these things. And what things would those be? By the way, the, the context there is not uh, seeing angels. Yeah, M- Matthew chapter 6, I didn't load this up, so let me do this. I'm going to duplicate my tab here in Accordance Bible Software. That, that's what I use when I'm teaching publicly, by the way. I'm both a Accordance guy and a Logos guy. It just depends on the context. I kind of go back and forth between the two of them. But Matthew chapter 6, uh, our three rules for sound biblical exegesis are, yeah, you know what they are, context, context, and context. And so in the context where Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he's, well, talking about people who are worried. Yeah, worried, worried about how they're going to pay their bills and stuff like that. And, uh, and so he, it, it, this isn't about angels. Yeah, so Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 is where we'll start to apply our context. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus talking, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Actually, you can't. In fact, being anxious oftentimes shortens the span of your life. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So note here in this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going after the fact that they don't trust God. They are anxious about everything, and they do not, at the core, at their core, believe that God will meet their needs. And as a result of it, they're churning up all kinds of worry and anxiety within themselves. And he's saying, listen, God cares more about you than he does the birds, and yet the birds don't go without a meal. Oh, you of little faith. You don't trust God. So Christ then in calling them to repentance, says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Uh-huh. Nothing here about angels. Yeah. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, a little bit of a cross-reference here. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. A lot of people think that, well, that what that means is like be really super obedient and stuff. No, <laughs> that's not what 
his righteousness is about. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Here's an extra bonus cross-reference. You know, see, I'm tangenting, is that a word? I'm tangenting myself. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 is our text then to talk about God's righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3 will explain to us God's righteousness, right? At least what that is really referring to. So in uh, in taking a swipe at the uh, the Judaizers, Paul says this in uh, Philippians 3 verse 2. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and uh, and put no co- and uh, and glory in Christ and put no confidence in the flesh though i myself have reason for confidence in the flesh if anyone thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh will i have more and then he get, he's going to give his credentials I, I was circumcised on the 8th day of the people of israel of the tribe of benjamin a hebrew of the hebrews as to the law a pharisee as to zeal a persecutor of the church as to righteousness under the law blameless okay so his pedigree as a torah observant jew who was a pharisee who had all kinds of self-righteousness he says yeah well whatever gain that i had i counted as a loss for the sake of christ indeed i count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing jesus christ my lord for his sake i have suffered I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them, all of his good works, his self-righteousness uh, under the law. He says, I count them as rubbish. You could translate that as, you know, it's the Greek word skubalon. You could translate that as dung if you wanted to. I think the King James does that. The King James is a little better. Uh, yeah, so I count it all as dung in order that I might gain Christ and listen to the words that come next and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. That self-righteousness under the law, yeah. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he's saying, Seek the righteousness that is given to us by grace through faith. Repent of your sins. Be forgiven. Be clothed in the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God that is given by faith. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, and all that that little digression that we did there in Matthew 6, yeah, that's just bonus. That was not originally part of the plan for this particular teaching for this video, but I digress. Let's go back to Joshua Mills because... He's going to try to make it sound like seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you and included in the all these things that will be added to you. It'll also involve something to do with angels. Shall be added unto you. In other words, you get your eyes fixed on Jesus. You're going to start seeing some other things come into play in your life. When you get your eyes focused on Jesus, other things are going to show up. Now, what are these things that the Bible's talking about? Yeah, what, what other things are going to show up? Now, I believe that it's speaking about every promise 
that God has for us in his word, every heavenly promise that he wants to bring, when we get our eyes fixed on Jesus, the promises begin to show up. So get your eyes fixed on Jesus. That's not what Jesus was saying. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yeah, uh-huh. Talking about what Paul was talking about in Philippians 3. And all these things will be added to you. But uh, he's, oh, I think it's talking about all the promises. Oh, even the promises of, you know, weirdly named angels and stuff. Now, so what has God promised to us in regards to angels? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're going to turn to Psalm 91. Let's look here. Psalm 91. We'll start right here, right at the beginning. Psalm 91. Hallelujah. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus, for your promises. Lord, I thank you that your promise to us is sure, that your promise to us is true, that you are true to your word. Psalm 91 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Now, I believe that this is an entire psalm about dwelling in the presence of God. It's talking about really the glory of God. Okay, those that are. All right. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to go into the Old Testament. Hold on a second here. What on earth is he talking about? Psalm 91, the secret place song. Okay, let's take a look. So he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to Yahweh, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You'll note that uh, the ESV, which is a completely great translation of the uh, Hebrew here, doesn't say anything about what Joshua Mills is talking about, the glory in the secret place and stuff and thingies. <sighs> okay, we continue in the glory now we know on this side of the new covenant that we actually have the glory in us we're in the glory and the glory is in us and so what are you talking about the the, in the glory in the glory and stuff that's not talked about in psalm 91 but this promise is still valid for us today what promise that god will be a shelter for us of course that god will be a shelter for us even as it was for David and for the psalmist um, back in, in these times when it was written. Now look at verse 11. It says, for he shall, speaking of God, it says, he shall give his angels charge over you. All right. So let's take a look again at this text. Um, there's something that uh, I just, I, I can feel it. Yeah, because, you know, I can see where this is going. But uh, let's see if I can give voice to it. All right. So Psalm 91. Psalm 91. I'll start here at verse 9. We'll apply a little more context. So because you have made Yahweh your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways, On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Yeah, uh, yeah, see, Psalm 91, 11 and 12. You know who that's about? 
It's about Jesus. Yeah, uh, well, all the scriptures are about Jesus, just so you know. Uh, now, how do I know it's about Jesus? Well, let's just consider this, shall we? Uh, Matthew chapter 4, and uh, I've got to type this correctly. Matthew chapter 4, this is the temptation of Christ, uh, the devil tempting him in the wilderness. And, uh, well, again, we'll just read it in context because it's a great story. So Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And you'll know, let me back up just a smidge into chapter 3. This is where Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And, uh, and we'll note, so when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So Jesus is baptized. The Holy Spirit descends on him. The voice of the Father is heard. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Holy Spirit drives Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And uh, I always like to note here that the end of verse 2 says he was hungry. <laughs> it's like, I can't go four hours without eating, without being hungry. I can't, I can't imagine Jesus going 40 days without eating. So saying he was hungry, that's a little bit of an understatement. But note here, uh, when Jesus faces the devil toe-to-toe, face-to-face, mano-a-mano, if you would. Uh, Jesus, there, there was, notice there was no montage where Jesus is, like, doing push-ups with, like, one arm and, you know, and, you know, jogging up the, the, the steps of the Philadelphia Capitol, you know, and da-da-da-da, you know, and, and ready to go, you know, toe-to-toe with Clubber Lang, you know. You, you get the idea. I'm really dating myself again. <clears throat> I do that. I'm sorry. So the point is, Jesus isn't at his strongest, he's at his weakest, at least physically. So the tempter then came to him and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, his written man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Boom, take that devil. Yeah, Jesus just quotes Deuteronomy right there and just shuts the devil down. And so the devil, first time ever going toe to toe with somebody uh, you know, it, 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 the human race is now and and losing in a, in a round. It's like ah, you know. So he decides to come back and watch what he does. So then the devil took him to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, "If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you." Dot dot dot. Yeah, the devil's twisting the text by in, ignoring some of the context. And on their hands they will bear you up, unless you strike your foot against a stone. See, the devil knew. That uh, Psalm 91, just take a look at the note. Uh, yeah, Psalm 91, 11, and 12. Uh, that that was about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So here we got Joshua Mills trying to basically say, oh, this is part of the grander promises of God, man, and stuff. That, uh, By the way, it is true that angels are ministering spirits to Christians. That's explicitly taught in Scripture. But I find it fascinating that Joshua Mills has taken a portion of the Psalms that is clearly about Jesus, at least the devil thought it was, and is now now applying it to, into the general promises about you category. Yeah, we continue. This is a promise from the Lord. He shall, who shall? He, God. Okay, God. Some say God. This is a promise from God. You can say it. This is a prom. This is say, this is my promise from God. Okay. 
What's the promise? That God shall give his angels charge over you. Now, whose angels are these? God's angels, right? Yeah, again, I just showed from Matthew 4 that that was about Jesus. Yeah, just saying. Who's given the angels charge? God, right. Okay, you're tracking here. God has given his angels, God's angels, charge over who? You. Okay, now whose angels are they? Oh, that was fast. That was really, really fast. We just went from them being God's angels to now you're recognizing that they're your angels. You see, in this one scripture promise, God is telling us that the angels that he has created and ordained and commissioned, he is giving them to your life as a promise from heaven. He is putting them in your life. There are clearer passages here that make it clear that angels are ministering servants to the saints. I I mean, that's almost a verbatim quote from from the Bible there. What is he doing? Uh, You'll see what he's doing in a minute here. I'm just letting him spin this out. And they are becoming your angels. I thought they were Charlie's. Never mind. All right, we're up on our break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com. Or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Pirate Christian. Quick break. When we come back, the balance of this lunacy coming from Joshua Mills. And we'll also uh, tell you where the bodies are buried. I'll explain that when we come back. We don't need to rethink Christianity. We need to rediscover it. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. I've had enough of this sissy, pansy, cunning, photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway. Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. Holidays, Birdcage Theatre presents Church Day Select. And now, Max Holidays, Birdcage Theatre proudly presents Sessions with Mildred. Now, Mildred, I have some very important information to show you in this next video. It's going to give you the tools necessary to know if you're hearing directly from God. But anyways, Dr. Barbie, we are going to talk today about symbols. Yes, I like symbols. Because oftentimes God speaks in symbols. So outside of symbols, what are some of the ways that God speaks to his people? Well, major ways through his word. 
but his Holy Spirit speaks to us and communicates to it through a symbolic language, through even signposts on the highways, through music, through the dance, through nature. The other day I was at your home and a dove kept flying by the window. And to me it was the Holy Spirit bringing messages through the dove appearing, which represents the Holy Spirit. So as you can see, Mildred, God talks to us in many, many, many ways in everyday life, which is why... I got you this. A Cracker Jack prize? Yes. I mean, no. Do you have any idea how many box tops I had to send in for this thing? Um, no. It was a lot. It doesn't matter. Anyway, what you see before you is, in fact, your very own Holy Spirit decoder ring. What does it do? What doesn't it do? When I turn it on, it has the ability to warn you when the Holy Spirit is trying to give you an important message. Like what? Oh, I'll show you. We know that the Holy Spirit can talk to us in all kinds of ways. He could even be trying to send me a message through this radio right now. I'm on the to hell. Hold on, let me change the station. I fell into a burning ring of fire. radio for now. <laughs> Let me help you turn on the ring. I have a great idea. Why don't you take it out for a test drive? Aren't you gonna come with me? <laughs> you know I can't leave. Being under house arrest is so much fun. If I were to leave my house for more than 20 seconds, then the cops would show up and tase me again. And who wants that? Now here's how the ring works. When it beeps like this, that means that there's a sign that you need to see in the area around you. Um, Mr. Sunshine, when the ring goes off, how am I going to know what the message is? Trust me, you'll know. It'll be so obvious that you won't miss it. And on top of that, the ring will make this sound when you've guessed it correctly. It couldn't be simpler. You are now free to leave. I'm really sorry to have to bother you at your house. They told me that these sessions are a part of the pastor's vision and that if I don't go, it will be a sin against God. You think that somebody under house arrest would be free from any and all ministerial obligations, but no! I guess that would make too much sense. I'm sorry that I cause you so much pain. It's all your... I mean, not your fault. <laughs> my, my, look at the sun. It's time for you to go. Have fun with the decoder ring! This is gonna go off. I see a McDonald's. I see a sign twirler dressed up as a hot dog. And I see the town park. You want me to go to the park? Okay. There's a dog eating grass. 
His owner is picking up the poop, and there's a bird flying towards the road. Is the bird a message? The little bird just got hit by the truck. I think I get the message. Uh, all I see now is a couple having a picnic by the pond. You are such a jerk! I think they just broke up. Um, there's a tetherball court. But there's no tetherball or rope, it's just a pole. I don't see any kind of message here. I think you're broken. I'm gonna take you off my finger now. Oh no, it's stuck. I'm gonna have to go get some soap from the bathroom. I can't let you do that, Mildred. Oh dear, it's become self-aware. Mildred, you and I are bonded as one. I am an instrument here to reveal his secrets to you. I will deliver his messages to you, for it is his will that you should know them. We are going to be together forever. Welcome to the American Lutheran Theological Seminary. I'm Dwayne Clevin, Administrator for ALTS. Our online program, The Master of Arts and Theology, educates men and women with the foundations of the Christian faith. Our 30-credit program plus a 6-credit master's thesis begins with The Bible in Context. The Bible in Context course introduces the student who does not have an extensive background in biblical languages to the linguistic and interpretive tools which have proved most helpful in the discipline of biblical interpretation. It is not a course in hermeneutics, but provides or reinforces the background information necessary to move into such a study. The Master of Arts in Theology offers four areas of study, general studies, exegesis, doctrine, and history. Each path ends with a master's thesis within the course of study you, the student, have chosen. The Master of Arts in Theology is a program for individuals who desire graduate studies in the foundations of Christianity. Is this you? At the American Lutheran Theological Seminary, all our classes are online. Our technology provides an interactive classroom experience from the comfort of your own home. Come join us. Let's walk together. For more information, please find us on the web at www.alts.edu or email our registrar's office at registrar at alts.edu. Thank you. Hi, Chris Rosebro here to talk about our longtime featured advertiser, Cheapo Air. Doesn't matter if you're traveling for business reasons or for pleasure. Doesn't matter if you're traveling within the United States or abroad. Cheapo Air is the place for you to save literally hundreds of dollars on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. On the side of our website, you'll see our ad banners. Look at the ad banner for Cheapo Air and look on it. There's a promo code. Write the promo code down. 
Click on the ad banner and then book your travel at the Cheapo Air website and you'll have the opportunity to enter that promo code for additional savings. Again, fightingforthefaith.com. Write down the promo code, click on the ad banner, and save money on your airfare, hotel rooms, and rental cars today. Uh, warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that uh, people going on and on about angels and stuff, that their doctrines are not found in Scripture. Well, it's not biblical. We're not supposed to believe it or follow it. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you, your generous gifts, financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world, and you can partner with us. It is a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank in our crew. Rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's Mate at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month. And then Quartermaster, $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution, click on the Donate button. If you would like to support us by becoming a patron on Patreon, click on the Become a Patron button. And if you'd like to do it the analog, old-fashioned way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right, let's head back to Shiloh as uh, Joshua Mills is waxing ridiculous uh, about uh, angels and stuff and thingies. And we'll learn all about activations here in a second. Here we go. Now, Patricia mentioned a few moments ago that whatever God gives, he doesn't take back. Oh, so I say, Lord, I thank you that your word declares that you are giving angels to my life. That your angels are becoming my angels. Now, let's do a little pretending, shall we? I, let's just pretend that he correctly exegeted Psalm 91 for a second. Okay? That God is, listen to the verb, giving us angels. If God is giving me angels... Would I be required by God to buy Joshua Mills's book first before I received the angels that God was giving? Yeah, no. So already something, something's, something's like, you smell that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's sulfur. Yeah, it's the same. Oh, to work in my life. Lord, I will not waste the gift that you've given. I will not waste. This is total manipulation, by the way. This blessing that you've assigned. But God, I will learn how to steward it well. I'm going to steward the angel thingy. How do you steward the angel promise? This doesn't make any sense. How to cooperate with heaven and engage 
with the angel, with the angels. So I got to engage with them. Where in the Bible does it tell me I need to engage with angels? That you've given to me. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, if we keep on reading, it tells us some of the reasons why he gives these angels. And I want you to notice that there is an S on the word angel. It's angels, plural. Somebody say that's more than one. Okay. And so they come to keep you in all your ways in their hands. They shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So in this instant, it's speaking about angels that really come as guardians protectors, caretakers for the children of God. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Now, I'm going to back this up just a little bit because I want you to – so you kind of get the idea. He's really obsessing about this angel. Hallelujah. And uh, let, let's note here that what he's going to say, he has already said, but I wanted to give you a fair reading to see what, the direction that he was heading with this angel teaching, but this was the preface to it. And this is the thing that should convince you there's something really off here. For, you know, the, the, the bad exegesis, that's a danger sign like you wouldn't believe. But this is a little bit more than that. Let's continue. Well, you know that tonight we're going to be talking about seeing angels. Mm-hmm. And I believe not only are we going to be talking about it, but we're going to be seeing angels. Amen. We're going to be talking about it, and we're going to be seeing him, too. Okay. And uh, God's going to do it here for us in the studio. But I believe also those that are watching online, God's going to show up for you in your home. Mm -hmm. God's going to come to you right through your television screen, right through your computer screen, right through your phone screen, however you're watching. I believe God's going to meet you tonight. God's going to meet us tonight in this place. Amen. Patricia was sharing about these angels that come with supernatural provision. And I- angels that come with supernatural provision. Okay. I've just written a book called Seeing Angels, How to Recognize and Interact with Your Heavenly Messengers. And if you do not... How to Recognize and Interact with Your Heavenly Messengers. Again, I got to point out that if I needed to understand how to interact with my angels, the Bible would tell me how to do it. Okay, so we got a problem here, and that is, and let me show you this from Second uh, Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three explicitly teaches that the Bible is sufficient in equipping me. So, if Second uh, Timothy chapter three verse verses sixteen and seventeen says, "All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness." so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So if being a Christian required me to learn how to interact with and engage with angels, then the Bible would teach me clearly how to do that, and I wouldn't need um, Joshua Mills's book to assist me in this manner. In, in fact, I would note, quad non est biblicum, non est theologicum. Now, Sometimes you need somebody to help guide you in, into a right understanding of what a biblical text says and how to engage it in, in proper, sound biblical exegesis, but they're not teaching you something that is unique. Uh, in fact, those who engage in sound biblical exegesis 
are the exact opposite of unique. They're just teaching you what the church has always believed. But I would ask, you know, can you point me in, in the writings of the early church fathers where they talked about, oh, yeah, in the Bible it talked about the importance of, you know, here's how to engage your angels and stuff and thingies. And, and, so, and so here's all the different ways in which you can do that. No, no Christian in, in history talked like this especially in the ancient church. And the reason why is because this isn't taught in the Bible. But that, again, this is the setup. I did this out of order so that you can kind of see what he's trying to do here. Sometimes that helps. I not have a copy of this book. I highly encourage you to get a copy of the book. You need this book. Isn't that a great No, I don't. Cover? It's, yeah, if nothing else, just get it because it will look great on your coffee table. It will. No, it won't. I'll look like an idiot if I put that on my coffee table. Uh, it, it will be a great uh, thing to talk about. It's a, st a conversation starter. No, I, it, with the friends that I have and the people I serve, it would be a conversation stopper. And, uh, and I believe that you'll really get blessed by the revelation in here. But I've got a chapter in the book called Angels of Abundant Provision. Where in Scripture are the angels of abundant provision talked about? And when Patricia was speaking a few moments ago, I was reminded of this testimony that I shared here. All right. Now, here is, I was reminded of this testimony. Now, part of the point I want to make here is that Joshua Mills, Patricia King, and people of their ilk in the charismatic movement, they are high on testimonies that have, like, no evidence to back any of it up it's just tall tales and uh, and joshua mills is one of these guys who's super gifted at this and so is patricia king they're both gifted storytellers so before he gives you this angel testimony i would like to remind you a little bit about what joshua mills is really about and uh, like i said i've been doing this long enough that uh, i remember when these videos were brand new and uh, so joshua mills had part of his career his shtick has been that he somehow can manifest unending supplies of oil that come out of his hands. Hmm. And also, for whatever reason, you know, he just, blammo, he's just covered in gold dust. Yeah, so we're going to do this out of order in this video, but I want you to take a look at this. This is uh, Joshua Mills apparently miraculously manifesting an endless supply of oil coming from his hands. And we're going to note something, and that is, is that, one, every time he does this trick, because that's what it is, he's always wearing long sleeves. But the other thing that's really funny about this one is that Patricia King, I, I almost, I don't, I, I, it's almost as if she's feeling guilty. She reveals how the trick is done. Uh-huh. It, it, you'll hear it in in uh, in the audio here, but I, I just wanted to let you know she will re be revealing how he does the trick without saying that it's a trick. It's really funny what the, what she does here. Uh, a little bit of a guilty conscience, shall we say? But let's listen and watch as Joshua Mills now miraculously performs the endless supply of oil from your hands trick. Well, then the next morning after that evening, we. Um, we went into the meeting. My husband goes to pick up Joshua in his hotel room to bring him down. And there's Joshua like this with his hands are just dripping oil. It's coming out all over the place. And he's trying to pour it in from one to another. And my 
Yeah, no, note, he's wearing long sleeves. My husband says, well, let me get you, you know, a cup for it. And then he, he, he got rid of it, but then it just kept coming. It just was coming out all over his hands, and they kept putting it in this cup, and actually two cups. Yeah, they kept putting it in the cup, in two cups. Now, this is where Patricia King will inadvertently reveal how the trick is done. Listen to what she says. Uh, which is interesting because in Zachariah, it talks about the oil coming out of those two, two tubes and, and the pipes. and, and so- the, the oil coming out of two tubes. And pipes. Yeah, she just like, oops. I, I'm sorry, Joshua. I just, I accidentally let everybody know that it was a magic trick and that the oil was appearing from two tubes that were hidden underneath your long sleeves. Yeah, I, I know. I, let me back this up in so you can hear it again because it's just so fascinating. A little bit of a Freudian slip, you know. He got rid of it, but then it just kept coming. It just was coming out all over his hands, and they kept putting it in this cup, and actually two cups, uh, which is interesting because in Zechariah it talks about the oil coming out of those two two tubes and, and pipes, and, and so here was all this oil. It just kept pouring out of him. So my husband put it all in one glass, and then we they, they went down into the meeting, and it's still pouring out all over the place. Uh-huh. And so he had this, like, it was about, like, a third of a cup of oil. That yeah, this is supposed to be like, oh, this is a major sign wonder kind of thingy. It poured off of his, his, his hands and was still, it was still thick on his hands pouring out in the meeting. And um, when we smelt the oil, though, what was so cool is it had like this wine smell in it. So it was like oil and wine. And, and I thought, this is amazing. So in that service, we all got anointed with it and... Sorry, I wouldn't want anybody to touch me with that. Now, all of that being said, let me back up the video to the beginning. And this is an example of Patricia King putting forward uh, the signs and wonders of Joshua Mills. And apparently, you know, without any warning whatsoever, he gets covered by gold dust. Yeah. (laughs) Now, we're going to note here, when does the video begin? After the gold dust has already appeared. There's no before. There's only the after. (laughs) Oh, my God. That looks like glitter to me. You can get this at Hobby Lobby, at Walmart. Oh, Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. And you're going to note how completely, like, unimpressed Patricia King looks. It's almost like she's acting. Oh, wow. That's cool. That, Lord. Oh, my gosh. What? It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's glitter. I was surprised tonight because it's never come blue. Never come blue. No, before. there's like it came solid blue tonight, and then it started get, the get silver started popping out of it because there's light. silver also. And again, notice he's wearing long sleeves. How how hard would it be for him to, you know, keep a supply of glitter there in his long sleeves? Let's back out of the light shirt a bit. And then it'll, there, now oh. you can get a really good oh, okay. shot. It's glitter. Yeah, so you get the idea. So uh, Patricia King, very early on, you know, put this guy forward. Oh, he's able to operate in signs and wonders. Two signs. The unending supply of oil from the long sleeves <laughs> into your palm trick. And and then the the appearance of you know fifty cent glitter that they oh it's gold dust I mean if if this was really gold dust don't you think they'd be like scooping it up and like you know because I mean that I mean even gold flakes of 
that that quantity would be worth at least something, don't you think? So, uh, and then let's also remind you uh, of the tall tales that Patricia King is known for, because I think it is helpful in this regard, because we're at Shiloh listening to, uh, to Joshua Mills, but let's, 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 let's go back in time and let's listen as Patricia King explains to us how she was talking to a new ager and, um, and asked her if she'd ever encountered a werewolf. Remember one time I was um, at a lunch engagement, and um, this was at a Christian's home, but they were having a relative visit them that was in, into witchcraft, and they said, you know, you've got to be really careful about, you know, this relative of mine that's here because, you know, they're into witchcraft, and, and you've got, got to be really careful what you say and everything because, you know, after all, they're in witchcraft. And so, I mean, yeah, we got that. After all, they're into witchcraft. So I, I thought about that, and I thought, oh, God, you know, just please use all the Christian influence that's here and the love that's here to to touch that precious one because they're deceived. So guess who I <laughs> They're deceived. Uh-huh. Wait till you see what's going on here. I end up standing behind in the lunch lineup. It's this young girl. She's she's been involved in witchcraft from a very early age. Had a fascination from from childhood. Yeah. And uh, what's her name again? Um, so I'm I, I'm waiting in, in the lunch lineup to get the food. And I said to her, I said, so I understand that you're in witchcraft. And she says how did you know? And I said, well, I just heard that you were. And I said, like, how fascinating is that? I said, how did you get involved um, with that kind of spiritual experience? And so she was very open. She shared with me about her childhood and how she just felt drawn and how she started studying. She was a brilliant gal. Brilliant. And uh, so I was quite intrigued. I said, you know, I, um, I so appreciate your spiritual hunger. Now, I didn't say I appreciate what you believe, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to be clear about that. But I did say, I appreciate your spiritual hunger. And I said, I actually was involved in a lot of that stuff that you're explaining uh, before I became a Christian. So I understand the spiritual hunger. And I said, so what types of experiences have you had? And she shared a few. And so then I said to her, I said, listen, have you ever had an experience with a werewolf? And she said, no, but I've read about them. So I said, well, I have. She says, you. There, wolf. There, wolf. Yeah, uh-huh. Are you getting the feeling that Patricia King is a spinner of yarns and tall tales and wackerdoodle self-made theologies and stuff? Yeah, remember our theme here. Um, quad non est biblicum non est theologicum. In other words, no Christian should believe in werewolves. They're not in Scripture. You have? Like what kind of experiences? By this time, we're sitting down at the lunch table and she chooses to sit beside me. And I said, well, you know, I was over, um, you know, in another country. We were doing some ministry with some... Which country? Was it Transylvania? Street people trying to get them, you know, safe from, from, from drug problems and that. And the last person in that meeting that stayed for prayer, as we were praying for him, there's three people in the room. We were all praying. As we prayed, this man started to manifest a werewolf spirit. His hair. Uh, a werewolf spirit bristled back almost like ears were formed out of his hair fangs came down out of his mouth he got on all fours and started howling like a wolf she said you're kidding i said no not she said well what did you do i said well i cast the werewolf out of him i said those werewolf spirits aren't very good you know they're (laughs) 
those werewolf spirits they're not very good no no yeah it's said with complete like understatement they're nasty things she says yeah i, I understand that from what i've read yeah. and she says well how did you do that and i said well i belong now to the God of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, there's no greater power than the power of Jesus. So I just took the authority that's in the name of Jesus because I'm allowed to use that authority. And I told that spirit to come out. She says, well, what happened? I said, it went. Ah! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the werewolf spirit came out and went. Uh huh. Yeah, right. Spitter of yarns and tall tales. I think you get the point there. So let's come back to Joshua Mills, who's now teaching and preaching at Patricia King's Shiloh Christian Fellowship. And uh, and uh, he's going to open up his book and he's going to give a testimony, an angel testimony. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's let's see if this jives with anything in Scripture. In the book, and I want to read it to you tonight, if that's okay. Go right ahead. God has angels that release miracle money for believers. They do? angels that release miracle money are they like leprechauns what is this he has angels that minister the supernatural replenishment of provisions my friend the late evangelist edgar bailey was well known for the bottle of anointing oil that he carried everywhere he went it was supernatural i say this because one day the oil began to appear out of nowhere no matter how much of that oil he used to anoint the masses it never ran out uh-huh wow yeah couldn't possibly be a parlor trick now doesn't that sound like the story in first Kings 17 when the prophet elijah asked a widow to use her limited doesn't it sound just like first Kings 17 it sounds like it was completely ripped off from first Kings 17 um and again has this miracle been verified do we know for sure that that's uh how this really went down yeah, probably not. I mean, you know, this this sounds like again a, a a tall tale, a story that is being uh, told here. Supply of flour and oil to bake him a cake. The scriptures tell us that although she used everything she had, no matter how much they used, there was always plenty left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Although angels are not specifically mentioned in this passage because... Yeah, they're right. that's right. No angels are mentioned in the, in the feeding of the widow of Zarephath. Nope. It's just a promise given from God. No angels are mentioned at all. That was not the focus of the story. I personally believe that angels of replenishment were involved in this miracle of divine support. <laughs> so I know they're not mentioned... But I'm sure, I, I really down in my heart, I'm super sincere and stuff, you know, because, you know, Linus, he believed in the great pumpkin and, 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 you know, and he had the most sincerest pumpkin patch and stuff, you know. Uh, so I, although no angels are mentioned in that miracle, I, it's got to be, it, I just know it, that angels of abundant provision were, were a part of this story secretly behind the scenes. Quad non est biblicum, non est theologicum. If it's not in the Bible, it's not theology. So he's adding now to the biblical text angels of abundant provision that were apparently on the scene making all this happen. Why? Angels can bend physical laws to minister supernatural overflow to those that are willing to receive it. Are you willing? Oh, they can bend stuff, you know, 
rules of nature and things only to those who are willing to receive it. Which biblical text says that? Are you willing? Okay. So you got to be a generous receiver. God. Wa- oh, you got to be a generous receiver. That means you need to give money. You want to see angels do stuff? You got to give money. He wants you to be a generous giver, but attached to that, you got to become a generous receiver. Amen. Some time ago, Edgar shared an unusual angelic encounter that happened to him while he was living in California. At that time, he and his family were so broke. Were there werewolves involved? They had nothing in their cupboards to eat. While Edgar and his wife were at a nearby Catherine Kuhlman meeting, his son Bruce heard a commotion in the kitchen as he sat in the living room. It sounded as though other people had somehow entered the house, even though he was certain that the back door was firmly closed and locked. Though startled, Bruce also felt the overwhelming presence of the Lord. This strong presence made it virtually impossible for him to move from the chair in which he was sitting. So as he sat there pondering what was happening... Again, just a tall tale here. He heard cupboard doors being opened and then slammed shut again. When Edgar and his wife arrived home, he said, It sounds like somebody's in the kitchen. Bruce answered, Yes, they've been in there for a while now. Note. This is not found in scripture, and the theology that goes with this is flat out contrary to to, uh, the, the written word of God. When Edgar went to see who was in their kitchen, he was surprised to discover no one there at all. He opened the refrigerator door and found that it was stocked full of food. He checked the cupboards, and they were also full of canned goods. Edgar later told me, he said, there was bacon and eggs. God knows exactly what I like. This miracle testimony thrilled me. I love to hear and share testimonies about God's abundant provision in our lives. But what really intrigues me about this particular testimony is the activation that caused the miracle to take place. The what? The activation that caused the miracle to take place. Now, let's let's do this. All right. So I'm going to, in accordance, I'm going to change my search parameters. I'm going to look for words. And I'm going to search all of the Bible. And we are going to look for the word activation. Activation. Nope. Yeah, it's weird. The word activation appears nowhere in the Bible. Hmm. So he just said, just said that that it was the activation that made these miracles possible. Let me back this up just a little bit and listen again as he spins this out. The abundant provision in our lives. But what really intrigues me about this particular testimony is the activation that caused the miracle to take place. So the activation caused it. Revelation demands an activation. Where in scripture does it say that revelation demands an activation? The word activation appears nowhere in the Bible. In order to bring forth a manifestation or a demonstration of what God intends to release in your life. How many want to hear the activation part? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So let me tell you what caused this. All right. What caused it? That particular day, Edgar said that they had gone to a Catherine Kuhlman meeting in Los Angeles. And when the collection bucket came, he said, I put everything I had left into the offering. So there you go. Just give everything you have to uh, a Tin Penny Crackpot Charismatic who's holding a healing service, 
and then you'll activate angelic provision and stuff. Yeah, this is this flat out false. I mean, this is this has nothing to do with scripture. Now, let me show you a biblical text that warns us about people like Joshua Mills and Patricia King. And I think I have it over here. Yes, it's Colossians chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. And here's what it says. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism, the worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together, through its joints and ligaments grows for the growth that is from God. By the way, Christ is our head. So note, we're warned in Scripture about guys like this, all right, by, like Joshua Mills and others. And then if that's not enough, the Apostle Peter, you, you know the guy who walked on the water? Uh, he warns us about people like Joshua Mills and Patricia King as well. And here's what he says in Second Peter chapter 2. False prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. In their greed, they will exploit you with false words. And that's exactly what Joshua Mills is doing here. He's exploiting people with false words in greed. Oh, you, you want a- angels to appear? Well, you got to have an activation. And how does an act, what does an activation look like? It looks like emptying out your bank account and putting it in the offering plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no joke. So in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Yeah, Joshua Mills, if he doesn't repent, this is what he gets to face, the wrath of God for daring to blaspheme his holy name in this way. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but he cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what's going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard, Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Now talking about the false teachers here. They are bold and willful. They do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones, whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction, suffering wrong as the wage for their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime, their blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed. Accursed children, 
forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain and from wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his own transgression by a speechless donkey. Uh-huh. And uh, with uh, a speechless donkey who spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These false teachers, they're waterless springs, mist driven by a storm. And for them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved for speaking loud boasts of folly. And that's what Joshua Mills is doing here. That's what Patricia King does all the time. You know, they, they, they uttering, you know, loud boasts of folly. They entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, well, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them to have never known the way of righteousness and after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. So what the true proverb says has happened to them, the dog returns to its own vomit. The sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. That the Apostle Peter is prophesying and describing Patricia King, Joshua Mills, Todd White, Benny Hinn, Ken Copeland, Jesse Duplantis. That's who he's describing here. And I would just say that uh, Joshua Mills is not uh, disappointing. Now I'm going to fast forward to uh, near the end so you can see how this particular night of revival at Patricia King's Shiloh Fellowship wraps up with more tall tales and then, well, everything designed to make merchandise of people with completely folly and nonsensical false doctrines that he spun out of his own head. None of them are found in the Bible. Thank you, Jesus. I had a friend call me up several years ago. Uh, she had heard the testimony about our luggage. And she called me and she told me this story. She said that she... Yeah, apparently uh, Joshua Mills one time while traveling lost his luggage, but a finding angel brought it to their hotel room. Lived in, uh, in Florida. And she had had a visitor come see her for a week from South America. And she had taken her around to different sites and to do different things. And the whole time she had taken pictures of everything that they were doing, you know, making memories. And at that time, uh, people were still using the actual cameras that were only cameras. And, uh, and so she had taken a lot of pictures and they got... What's her name? ...onto a restaurant and she had left her camera on the table. She had gone back home. By the time she got back home, she realized she left the camera at the table. And she went back to um, get the camera and the camera was gone. It had disappeared. And she was really upset about it because she had taken all those pictures all week long of those memories with her friend. And she knew that if she didn't get the camera back, she lost all those memories. Actually, the last place she took a picture was at that restaurant at that table with her friend. What was the name of the restaurant? What city is this again? And so she called me up and she asked if I'd pray with her for God to send an angel to get back that camera. And so I prayed with her on the phone. And... uh I can't remember how much longer it was, but it, it was probably only a matter of hours. And she called me up and she said, the most unusual thing has happened. Her daughter called her up. Now, her daughter does not live in her home. Her daughter has a separate home in a, a, on a separate street in a separate place of town. Okay? okay. Her daughter called her up and 
asked her, I said, Mom, did you leave your camera on my pile of laundry in her laundry room? She said, no, I haven't even been to your house. She said, I know, but it doesn't make sense. This looks like your camera. In their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Her mother said, well, I just lost my camera, but I lost it at a restaurant where we were eating. Her mother said, turn the camera on and see what the last picture was that was taken. It was a picture of her with her friend at that restaurant where they lost the camera. Wow. What, what, what's the evidence for this? Just his, he's just telling the story. I mean, you might as well throw some werewolves and vampires in there as well, you know. I believe God sent a finding angel. A finding angel. Where are those mentioned in scripture? To go get it. And the reason why he sent it to the daughter's house instead of my friend who asked for the prayer, because see, if he just sent it to her house, she would have been like, oh, stupid me. I, I brought it home with me and I forgot that it was just on the kitchen table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a great testimony story kind of thingy. Uh-huh. Watch where this goes next. See? So God put it someplace that was so bizarre, place she had not been, a place she had not visited, such an unusual, on a pile of laundry in the laundry room. Yeah. For her to know that God answers prayers, and sometimes he does it through the ministry of angels. Sometimes he sends those finding angels. Amen. They're better than that tile technology. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You just told a tall tale. You made this up. I have a whole bunch more angel testimonies. I want I'm sure you do. Yeah. I'm going to share with you. I pray you're going to come back tomorrow night. Yeah, because we need to do a, an angel activation. You need to empty out your bank account. I'm going to share some more angel testimonies with you and teach you some more things about discerning and working with your angels. But I really do encourage you to pick up a copy of my book, Seeing Angels. Yeah, I gotta, you got to buy a copy of his book, though. How to recognize and interact with your heavenly messengers. This is a scriptural Bible-based book. It was graceful. No, it's not. It's clearly not a Bible-based book. It's a Bible-twisted book. We've already noted that. Uh, given a forward by our beloved Patricia King. Yeah, of course she did the forward for it. How much you pay her for that? And uh, she wrote the forward for this book. And I'm just so blessed to be able to resource the body with this and give you something that you can take and you can put into action. This is not just a testimony book. Although I share a lot of my own personal testimonies. This Lots of testimonies, man. In other words, made up stories. This is a handbook. It's a guidebook for working with, interacting with, um, recognizing, understanding the angels that God has put in your life so that you can begin to move in an accelerated way in the things that God has called you to. Amen? You, you need to move in an acceleration. Yeah. At, right after the activation. So empty out your bank account. If you're watching online, you can get this on my website, joshuamills.com, or anywhere that you like to buy great books. Um, they'll have this book available for you. And, uh, and then I also have a few other resources I just want to mention quickly. I've got a brand new CD called Activating Angels in Your Life, Angelic Activations and Heavenly Encounters. Uh-huh. It's a double disc CD. So the first one is spoken word. Yeah, you got to activate them, yo. Yeah. Activations. And the second disc is just an hour long of instrumental soaking atmosphere. I think some... A soaking atmosphere. Where's that talked about in the Bible? One of the most 
wonderful atmospheric music that we've released. I worked on this with my friend, uh, Tyler Michael Smith. He's based in Nashville, extremely anointed. He, he does a lot of film and television scoring, but he agreed to do this project and he really, really did a tremendous job with the, the instrumental on here is, is yeah, best soaking stuff ever. Absolutely anointed. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you're going to love this. So who would like a copy of this? Okay, it's going to be on the book table. It's going to be available. Yeah, who would like a copy? Oh, you got to buy it. Yeah. For you. Okay. What else are you selling? One other thing that we have is the Activating Angels 365. Patricia mentioned. The Activating Angels 365 calendar. The word activation never appears in scripture. You put together a calendar, a 365-day calendar that's going to help you activate angels. And that it's your voice commands. Angels hearken unto the voice of God's word, right? It's your voice commands that activate and release angels. And so this was my summer project this summer. I put together a 365-day calendar that is a perpetual calendar. That means it's not just a applicable for one year this will work every year until jesus comes back amen oh yeah yeah because i mean and how has the church survived for almost two full millennia without the activation calendar and so you can just open this up to october what is tomorrow october 28th you can open to this up to october 28th and start it tomorrow and then go all the way into 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and you can just Keep on activating angels. Every day, there's a scripture that you can speak, and then there's a command, a bold decree that you can speak to release those angels, and the months are arranged. Yeah, bold decrees that will release angels and stuff, because, you know, commands. Yeah, you know, you can release an angel by saying, Here, kitty, 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 kitty. (laughs) They follow voice commands and stuff. (sighs) Ah! by different angels that God has, like angels of abundance, angels of divine love, angels of wisdom, angels of supernatural strength, angels of blessing, angels of creativity, angels of freedom. By the end of the year, I'm telling you, there will be hosts of angels swirling around your home and your life. And the other thing I want to say is this is an excellent stocking stuffer. And you know, Christmas is coming up soon. Uh, There was the last... I'm done. I, wow. Okay. I think you uh, get the point. Um, Yeah. Patricia King and Joshua Mills, they are going to face the wrath of God if they do not repent of this nonsense. They are exploiting people with false words, making nonsense up, and speaking pure folly. None of this has anything to do with the scripture. They're inventing doctrines. And, and of course, you've got to learn how to activate by emptying your bank account and then learning how to command angels and stuff and thingies. No biblical text talks this way. These are people to be avoided like the plague because they will send you to hell. I, I think you get the point. So what'd you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Iron Christian. Until tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.